and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one illuminating page of Talmud every day. It is the beginning of the week. It is a new week, a week filled with new mysteries. And so who else do we lean on than our teacher, our friend, our light, Rabbi David Bashevgan? Hello. Leah, what an absolute pleasure to join you today. Things are seeming brighter. And uh, spending time with you and the Talmud uh, is always a great way to uh, inspire my day. I'm very happy to hear this. I came across a word uh, in today's page, Shabbat 79, uh, which really kind of inspired me. The word is duchsustos, which I actually really think is a terrific name for a Hasidic punk band. (laughs) That's fabulous. Just double check it's not already being used in the Hasidic punk circles. What is a duchsustos? That is like a form of parchment. I'm not sure the language that it is. It definitely is not Hebrew. It sounds like a deeply Aramaic term. And it sounds like it was like a type of hide that was layered. That was the Talmud discusses whether or not you can use it, in fact, for for writing a Sefer Torah, a Torah scroll or a mezuzah or tefillin. Because uh, if you open up the mezuzah that may or may not be hanging on the uh, on your doorways, uh, you'll notice that inside it's not written on your good old fashioned, you know, Staples Office Max paper. It is written on proper parchment, and uh, that's a that's something that we use for all of our you know holy scriptures for writing. And so I came across. Toward the bottom of, of the daft, toward the bottom of the page, I came across this one sentence that really I would like some help unpacking. It says, Katvamai, Elema Mezuza, Mezuza Kraf Mikatvinan. Ela lav Tfilin, Velita Mecha, Tfilin Agvil Mikatvinan, Ela, Kitania Hebe Sefer Torah, Lema Messaya Lea Kayotsebo, Tfilin Shebalu, Sefer Torah Shebala, En Osimehen Mezuza, Lefi, and this is the key sentence, She'en Moridin, Mikdusha Hamura, it says so. Let us say that the following supports the opinion of Rav. Similarly, phylacteries that became tattered and a Torah scroll that became tattered, one may not make them into a mezuzah, despite the fact that the identical Torah portions appear in all three. This is prohibited because one does not downgrade from a level of greater sanctity, i.e. a Torah scroll or phylacteries, to a level of lesser sanctity, i.e. a mezuzah, meaning even though it's the same parchment in all three, if your tefillin is tattered, you're not allowed to just break them open, take the cloth, take the little piece of parchment, and put it on the mezuzah, because you cannot downgrade objects in holiness. What a concept that is. Explain that to me. It's really a fabulous idea, and I think it gets to the heart of what ritual observance is trying to cultivate and engender. And I think there are really two points that emerge from this. The first is that the Talmud is making a distinction between mezuzah, which is that little scroll that we put on our doorways, and tefillin and sefer Torah, the tefillin that we wear uh, on our heads and arms, and a sefer Torah that we keep uh, in shul, or if you're lucky enough to have you know, your own personal one that you keep in your home. 
And it's saying that Tefillin and Sefer Torah are of a higher order of holiness, and they cannot be transformed into a mezuzah after it wears out. And you can't, you know, add on letters to transfer one from the other, even though the mezuzah includes text, really, that could be included in a Sefer Torah and Tefillin. It includes the, the chapters, the paragraphs from the prayer Shema. So there are two things that come out from this. How do we conceptualize holiness? Meaning, why is a mezuzah a separate status than Torah and tefillin? Why are they not all the same holiness? They all have this, they're coming from the same place. Why are tefillin and Torah kind of elevated above the status of mezuzah? And I think there's something really remarkable in this, and some of the commentators actually describe this, where... Kedusha, holiness, is a function of intimacy and privacy. And the more private something is, and the more private something is held, the more holy it has the potential to become. So whereas a mezuzah is publicly displayed on our doorways, the tefillin rests on our head, the most intimate space. It's like a part of our mind, so to speak. We right. we model it being strapped to our very body and our very minds. And a Torah stays kind of hidden in that ark behind the walls. It's only taken out for certain occasions. You can't hang a Torah, as artistic as that may sound, on your living room wall. And I think that's something quite beautiful about the conception of holiness as a function of privacy and intimacy. And the more public something becomes, almost its status and potential as an object of holiness evolves or devolves as well. You know, I absolutely love that. And the other thing that really occurred to me reading that passage was that the Talmud is here teaching us a kind of almost like a like an inspirational life lesson. Like it's almost like one of these inspirational quotes, right, that say, when it comes to holiness, always go up. Never go down. If something was so intimate and so holy, it cannot become less holy. It can only become more. Everything that you do, aim higher. I think that that's so important. That was kind of the second point that jumped out for me. And it's, if I could like almost add to that second point that you're making, it's number one to always aim higher and upwards. But there's something else very beautiful there where it's that holiness itself is not a binary. Something isn't holy versus unholy. What the Talmud is basically telling us here is the same way that we have gradations in unholiness. Not every uh, ritual impurity, not every sin, not every difficulty is the same. The same can be said about opportunities for holiness. And there are gradations in this world and sensitizing yourself to the different opportunities and potential that moments, objects, rituals hold cultivates a greater appreciation for that numinous world of holiness itself. Even though you use the word numinous, I still love that sentiment greatly. Rabbi Bashevkin, thank you so much for joining us. Lots of lovely L. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. 
For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.